But, uh, you know, um, Father's Day uh, also tends to coincide oftentimes with the end of the school year, which we're not quite there um, for at least our, our, our high school and elementary school, you know, students. College students, you guys are already out. Summer's already begun, and, you know, you're in the midst of it already. Um, but they always tend to, to, um, to, to correlate somewhat together. And uh, graduation season is upon us. Um, and I got thinking about this, uh, this you know, the, the, the graduation speeches that we tend to hear. Uh, a lot of them are sort of cookie cutter. You know, someone who has some kind of pedigree, some kind of resume, some kind of notoriety gets up and, and tries to dispense some, some, some nuggets of wisdom that will help those who are going off to the next phase of their lives succeed. And... Uh, I don't know how long ago it was, but there was a time um, when there was a, a song on Top 40 Radio uh, that was, I think it was called Sunscreen. Uh, anybody remember this song? It was basically somebody's graduation speech that they put with some, 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 uh, some backbeat behind it, and this guy was just giving all of his, his nuggets of wisdom for life and dispensing them to... Uh, to, to a captive audience. <laughs> and it goes, it says something like this. He says, uh, he starts out saying, um, ladies and gentlemen of the, cl- oh, it was in 1999. It says, of the class of 99, wear sunscreen. That was his, uh, his life wisdom. If I could offer you only one tip for your future, sunscreen would be it. The long-term benefits of sunscreen have been proved by scientists, whereas the rest of my advice has no basis uh, more reliable than my own meandering experience, and I will dispense this advice now. And he goes on, and uh, all kinds of, you know, nice little, like, sort of fortune cookie sayings. And uh, the question is, what would, what would a dad say? Uh, what would a father say to a son or a daughter who was, who was sitting there? What kind of life advice would they give to help their children uh, move successfully into the next stage of, of life. Uh, a few weeks back on Mother's Day, uh, we started out in this series. Uh, it's called Foolproof. We've been looking through some of the different themes that are found in the book of Proverbs. And so on Mother's Day, if you were here back then, we started at the last chapter of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 31. And that was mom giving her life advice to her son, um, and she talked about sealing the deal with uh, lady wisdom. And, uh, and so today we're going to go to the opposite end of that book uh, because Proverbs is bookended by, by a mom's advice on the back end and by a father's advice on the front end. And, and so this morning we're going to close out this series by looking at uh, what Solomon says to his son. Uh, if you have a Bible, open it up to Proverbs uh, chapter 2. And uh, this is his words of advice that he writes down to help steer his son straight and set him up for success in the next stage of life. And, and to sum it up before we jump in too far, the, the main message is basically this. Go after wisdom. Go after it. Chase it down. Make gaining wisdom the primary pursuit of your life. That means don't settle for just setting your sights on getting rich or on getting stuff. Set your sights on getting wise. 
because that's gonna impact every area of life. I can't think of better advice for setting someone else up to succeed at life. To, to all the fathers who are here this morning, let me ask you, can you think of better counsel to pass on to your children that's more urgent than that? Go after wisdom, chase it down, and it starts with staying teachable. So it says this in, uh, in verse one, it's, it says this, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for wisdom, for insight, and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, comma, and I'm gonna stop right there. Um, It's kind of unusual to stop at a comma. Usually you stop at a period, but we're gonna hit the pause button at a comma because what it's, showing us here is that this is the first part of an if-then statement. This is the if part. And the idea being that if you meet certain criteria, then you can expect certain outcomes. Uh, that's what he's setting up. He's trying, Solomon's trying to instill this attribute of intentionality in his son. The idea is that in life, positive outcomes are not often automatic. They're to be pursued, not to be assumed. And don't forget, this is Solomon, King Solomon, the most successful, richest king in in the history of humanity, basically. And he's still telling his son that you are not exempt from that. Uh, You have to go after these things. There is this cause and effect relationship between the choices we make and the outcomes that we can expect. It's the if than principle. And so, for example, um, if you're a student here this morning and you apply yourself, if you study, if you say no to the distractions and put the smartphone away and, and focus on getting ready for those regions that you're going to take this coming week or in those finals, if you do that, then you can expect that you're going to finish up the school year with a, with a good grade. And, and, and you can be happy about that. But, but then the opposite's also true. If you don't study, if you blow it off, if you spend the night looking at TikTok, right, then you might set your expectations on, on a summer of sweat because there's no air conditioning in summer school, right? Um, that's just one example of, of that if-then parenting principle that Solomon's instilling in his son. And it's quite different from, from the, uh, a different kind of parenting principle, which maybe I would call the that's okay parenting principle. Have you heard that one? Um, it says something like this. If my child doesn't apply themselves, if they choose not to take responsibility, that's okay because I'll absorb it. I'll deflect all the consequences of their lack of action, which is really saying I am planning on robbing my child of those opportunities to learn and to grow. And so it says, if you don't study, if you bomb your final, that's okay because what I'm gonna do is I am going to storm into your teacher's classroom and I am going to yell at them, and then I'll go from there to the principal's room, and I'll demand that he change your grade. We've got some teachers here, and I've listened to your stories, and I know that that happens. 
Um, entitlement is not an attribute that you find in the book of Proverbs. Even for royal sons, like the one Solomon is, is addressing here, that essential attitude that, that this father wants to instill in his son is to, is to get active, to go at it, to pursue wisdom by keeping his heart open, by staying teachable. So that's why he says, if you receive my words, and of course that implies that there's a choice to be made, right? There's, there's no way to force someone to be teachable. Uh, it's this personal decision. We all make it to either receive instruction from others or to reject it. And he says, if you treasure up my commandments, and again, that's a, that's a decision about how we're gonna respond to the boundary lines that are, that are put in place around our lives. We can either choose to treasure those or, or we can trash them. It's up to us. And, you know, we, we all reach that point in life uh, where we're pretty sure we've got it all figured out, right? It's, it's kind of part of the journey towards maturity, or I guess what we call it these days is adulting. That phrase didn't exist when I was at that stage, but uh, here we are, adulting. And, and of course, the point as parents is to raise responsible adult children who are capable of making their own decisions. And there's so much that's so good about that. But, but in the process, it's easy to start thinking that, that we need to set ourselves against those who hold authority over us, to see it as finally being able to break free from the oppressive reign of mom and dad, uh, you know, it is very tempting to turn that teachability switch off, to see ourselves as totally independent, except, of course, in most cases when it comes to who is underwriting my independence in my journey to adulthood. Mom and dad, sure, you can still take responsibility for that. I'll take care of the rest. But Solomon here, he's urging his son, stay teachable. In this process of growing up, don't tune out. Stay locked in. And he isn't saying that out of insecurity. He says that out of the simple recognition that there's a whole lot more about life that's yet to get learned. He realizes that, and his son needs to just uh, get to that place of admitting it. So uh, someone wrote uh, about how their view of their father changed. Uh, throughout the course of the years. Maybe you've heard this before. He says, at four years old, my daddy can do anything. At five years old, my daddy knows a whole lot. Six years old, my daddy's smarter than your dad. Eight years old, my dad doesn't know exactly everything. Uh, 10 years old, in the olden days, when my dad grew up, things were a lot different. 12 years old, Oh, well, naturally, dad doesn't know anything about that. He's, old to, he's too old to remember back then. 14 years old, don't pay attention to my dad. He is way too old-fashioned. 21 years old, him? My Lord, he's hopelessly out of date. 25 years old, dad knows a little bit about it, but then again, he should. He's had a lot of experience. 30 years old, maybe we should ask dad what he thinks. After all, he has a lot of experience. 35 years old, I'm not doing a thing till I talk to dad about this. 40 years old, 
I wonder how dad would have handled that. 50 years old, what I wouldn't give if I could just talk this over with him. What Solomon wants his son to know here is that experience isn't always your best teacher, right? We're all going to learn from the school of hard knocks. We're gonna continue to make our own share of mistakes, but there's a whole lot of heartache, a whole lot of pain that can be avoided if we simply just stay teachable, if we stay tuned in to that voice of wisdom. And the challenge with, with that is that the voice of wisdom oftentimes speaks to us in the form of a flawed human vessel, maybe one that you call mom or dad or any other significant adult who holds influence over your life, right? They're, they're imperfect. They're, they're works in progress just like the rest of us. And they've got their quirks and their hangups just like we all do. And, and if you wanna find a reason to dismiss them and tune them out and blow them off, you, you can. It's not gonna be that challenging to do, but, but wisdom simply recognizes that we seldom regret staying tuned in to those who care the most for us, those who want the best for us, and those who have walked further down this road in life than we have. So we need wisdom. We need that. We've, we've seen over the past weeks that we've been looking through this book of Proverbs that it's, it's different than just book smarts. It's different than intelligence. It's different than just getting a good test grade. Wisdom is being able to see into things, to connect the dots between choices and, and consequences. And so Solomon says is, go at it. This is a pursuit. It takes intentionality uh, because none of us drift into becoming wise. You go after it. And so he says, make your ears attentive to it. Dial into wise choices. Incline your heart into understanding. Call out for it and go after it like it's a precious treasure because that's what it is, it's priceless. So that's the first step. And after that, he continues and explains to his son how this passionate pursuit of wisdom would actually lead him to the very source of wisdom. So here's what he says as we continue in this passage. He says, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path for wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you. So here's... Here's the resolution of that if-then statement that we started out, right? It says that this, this quest for wisdom, that that would actually lead us into a head-on collision with the very source of wisdom, the author of wisdom, who Solomon says is, is creator God, right? So the precepts that we find all over Proverbs, they lead us to the person of God. Right? And, and this is kind of, it's kind of where the handoff happens as parents, right? You know, as, as dads and as moms, we know, at least in theory, we know that we can't be there for our kids forever, right? I, I, I hope you know that. 
Um, I have a feeling your child's future spouse is counting on that being the case. Um, but the goal, of course, it's to guide our kids, to, to, to keep close, to, to urge them to calibrate their lives around the God who will be with them long after we're not, right? Long after we've shifted from that primary place to a secondary place in their lives. And so Solomon tells his son, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And that's a phrase we've looked at over the past few weeks. We've looked at that that phrase, the fear of the Lord, it shows up all over the book of Proverbs and, and chapter one described it as this is the baseline, this is the foundation of wisdom, which that means that you can go to a great school and you can get lots of titles attached to your names. You can make lots of money. You can drive a nice car. You can live in a great neighborhood. You can do whatever else you set your heart upon But if those pursuits are disconnected from that baseline fear of the Lord, you're gonna find out sooner or later that it's empty, that it's unfulfilling, and that it leads to nothing of lasting significance. See, what it's getting at is that we are God's people and we are living in God's world. That's that's what this whole thing is about. It's that the same one who created this world He remains today the leading authority on how to go about living in this world that he made. And and the point is not to live in fear of the Lord, it's to live with the fear of the Lord. It's It's not about being afraid, it's about being aware and calibrating our daily decisions around the reality of God. That that means that that God is more than just this religious compartment of our lives that we open up and we take out on Sunday mornings for an hour and a half. And then after church is over, we put him back in the draw and close it for the rest of the week. It's, it's when who he is bleeds into every part of how we live, how we do life to the point that he becomes the driving and the determining factor on our day-to-day decisions. So that life that, that's oriented around the fear of the Lord is always asking, God, what would you have me do? How would you have me approach this situation? What's the most God-honoring way to go about this? The way I speak, the, the things I do, the way I treat others, the, what I'm like when no one else is looking. See, there's no getting away from God. That reality, if you hear that, it may at first terrify you. But if you let that truth sink in, it will ultimately become the most comforting reality in your life. There is no getting away from God because that means that he cares about and he speaks into every part of your life, each situation, every struggle, all the challenges. There's no situation you will ever face that when you take it to God, he's gonna say, sorry, I got nothing for you. Better look somewhere else. He cares about it all. He speaks into it all. And ultimately, if you listen close enough, when you hear this voice of wisdom, you'll recognize that it's the very voice of God. He is the author of wisdom. And this is where the pursuit of it leads us. And 
This is also one where one of the lines of demarcation lies, right? Because the myth that we're told on a daily basis in this world is what? Listen to your heart, right? You are the answer to everything you're looking for. It's all right inside of you. Contrast that with what we see here in Proverbs, that wisdom is telling us to listen to the Lord, right? Don't settle for following your heart. Follow the one who created your heart. And ultimately that will lead us back to Jesus, to the sinless son of God who left his throne in heaven, who came here to rescue broken down people living in this broken down world and do for us what we could never do for ourselves. He came because our hearts weren't enough to get us out of the mess that we're in because our best would never be enough. But here's the thing, he came willingly and he gave everything because that's just how great his love and care is for us. So maybe there are some of you who are listening to this and you're just, you're so tired and exhausted of the mantra of this age that keeps on telling us that we're enough and you look in the mirror and you know it, I'm not enough. I've tried and I'm exhausted. I wanna invite you to turn and to open up your heart to Jesus, to let him into your life and make space for him and find out through a daily relationship with him that he is more than enough. The precepts, they lead us back to the person. To the very reason that there's a cause and effect in our world is because there's a creator who's designed it that way. So wisdom, it doesn't stop at just leading us to the universe, right? Which is kind of one of those bywords that we hear in our culture. The universe wanted this. It doesn't stop at creation. It takes us directly to the creator who intelligently and intentionally designed this universe, this creation, set them up to work in the way they do. And so don't miss that because there is all around us the invitations to see him and to connect to him and to encounter him. And so this passage compares it to, to walking on a path. Life is like walking on a path and we have these habits, we have our routines, we have our hopes, we have our expectations and all that kind of culminates in this path that we're living out our life upon. And the path of wisdom is just simply lived out of this reverent awareness of the Lord. Cultivate that reverent awareness of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. That's what I think most godly dads are gonna want for their sons and for their daughters. If, if that gets passed on to the next generation, right? you know you can go to bed at night and you can sleep and you can be confident that things are gonna be okay for them. Yeah, sure, there's gonna be bumps in the roads. It's not always gonna be smooth sailing, but there's safety and there's protection knowing that we're walking down that path together. It says confidently here that the Lord becomes a shield to them, that he guards that path and he leads them to good places. So Solomon wraps it up, this, this counsel to his kids, by sharing some practical examples of the very real difference that wisdom makes in real life situations. So he's gonna talk about two pitfalls, two common pitfalls that people fall into and how by, by living this life of cultivating wisdom, you can steer clear and avoid them. And both of these scenarios are, are, are relational, by the way. 
Here's what he says. He says, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil. Men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So you will also be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God for her house sinks down to death and her path to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the path of life. So wisdom, what he's telling his his son is that it's about considering the options and choosing carefully. About real life things, like the kind of company that we choose to keep. Consider the options and choose carefully. Wisdom understands don't get wrapped up with the wrong crowd. Look at that. Tune in. Listen. Listen to the kind of language they're using, the, the things they take delight in. What amuses them? If someone's, someone's willing to steal from someone else, right? That just may clue you in that it's just a matter of time before in the opportune moment, they'll do the same thing to you. We often say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That's what dad's trying to impress on his son. Example two is being taken captive by by the sirens of lust, by by looking for something that would be life-giving and finding out that it would be life-taking. And again, Solomon says, wisdom delivers you from from being duped into situations that are just loaded with long-term regret. Consider your options. Choose carefully. The choices we make, they move our lives in a trajectory. Now, this doesn't mean that there's not grace. There's not grace for each and every situation, each and every circumstance. There is. We all need that grace. And thanks be to the shed blood of Jesus Christ, it's always there for us to grab hold of. This is about life lessons and recognizing that grace doesn't always erase all of the earthly consequences of the choices we make. Here's here's how Solomon wraps the whole thing up. He says, so you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous for the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it, but the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. And this goes back and reaffirms the heart with which Solomon is speaking all of this into his son's life. He wants a life that lasts. He wants a good life. He wants to see his children established, to see them flourishing, to see them rooted. That's that's ultimately the goal. And, And the reality is there's ultimately a path that leads to life and a path that leads to death. And life and death decisions are made very incrementally on a daily basis. So never forget that God is good. God wants what is best for you. He wants to bless, he wants to protect, he wants to lead us to those good places where we can thrive. His heart is never to take away. It's always to bring us to places where we can experience that true joy, that 
lasting satisfaction where there's always that more of life and never less. That's, that's what our heavenly father wants for us. And, and I have a hunch, that's what most of our earthly fathers want for us as well. So let's, let's stay teachable. Let's keep on revering the Lord and let's choose carefully. There's, there's no greater gift that we can give our fathers. There's no way the response we can give to our heavenly father than that. Let's pray together.